0: This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Hi, this is Kenny Omega listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny
2: Omega fans, that's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Thanks.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's midweek edition of One Nation Radio. I am James Boyd. I just had to take a take two because a second ago I said I was rich, Lotta. I've lost my damn mind, Rich. The actual Rich, please stand up. <laughs> What's going on, man?
0: Nothing much, man. Uh, just trying not to get snitched down by te- by uh, six nine, you know. Oh, man. apparently. so you know he's he's out here telling all folks. So I, you know, before we continue, I just want to know are either you or uh, our guest today, Jeremy, are you guys members of the Nine trade Blood Gang? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, Jeremy, are you a member of uh of non trade?
2: No, no, I don't think I am.
0: Okay. Alright. Uh, glad that we got that straight. So non-trade fle- free podcast. <laughs> oh okay. like like
1: conflict free diamonds that Kanye yeah. was talking about back in the day?
0: Yes. Okay.
1: So uh as you heard, Jeremy is with us today. Social suplex Messiah. I decided to call him Messiah, I don't know why. What's going on, Jeremy? <laughs>
2: nothing much man i'm doing pretty good man i'm energized by the wednesday night war and all these guys just uh being petty with each other going back and forth shooting on each other and i'm loving it i'm loving it all man i'm excited i know a lot of people are you know they're you know it's not really a war you can watch them blah 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 blah, but i'm loving i'm loving the back and forth i'm loving shots being fired i'm loving it
1: (laughs) okay okay so uh we all watched NXT. I think we all watched NXT uh last night. I know me and Jeremy did. Rich will just fake it if he if he didn't watch it. He saw <laughs> he, he saw enough to know how to how to make it that work. But um we'll,
0: we'll carry him.
1: Yeah, we'll get onto that uh, is in a second. But
0: right. like the British Bulldog you know, and <laughs> um Heart right now I'm Fucked. Okay.
1: <laughs> so 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 we'll, we'll get an NXT in a second but first, you know, cuz we missed doing a instant reaction uh podcast for uh Plastic Champions which is now, you know, I guess being recalled as Cock WWE Cock. So, let's <laughs> let's talk about WWE Cock. So, what's <laughs> any initial thoughts Rich, Jeremy? Actually, start with Jeremy. Um just main takeaways from uh, class of champions
2: man it was a very mid pay-per-view i mean <laughs> you had a, a bunch of matches that just kind of ranged in the three star or below her. you know uh, thank the lord for um sasha banks and becky lynch that was like the one of the only redeeming things from the whole pay-per-view and it was just you know three four hours of just super talented guys having very average matches.
1: That's that's, that's, that's kind of the declarative uh, take. Rich, you have anything to
0: add? It would have been better if they gave us... <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> it wasn't that bad, right? But I'll I'll tell you what the fuck it was. It was not good. It wasn't close to good. It was barely average it was underneath average and it it was not battleground 2017 see like when 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 we talk on the internet and on podcasts people tend to go in absolutes like it was great or it was sorry right Right, right. i believe if there are 100 numbers on the board we can select number 38 if we want this was like a 38 like (laughs) Yeah. yeah like this was 100 like it was not bad by any stretch of the imagination, but it was just a reminder of why I can't take this promotion seriously, why I watch this comedy when I do decide to watch it, and then when I do watch it, they turn people that I like to watch wrestle into people that I don't care about anymore, and they fuck the fans and bore them into silence for most of the night.
1: Okay, so um I am going to do some... Pretty quick math. And I'm going to say that between SmackDown and Raw and the 12 pay-per-views plus the two Saudi shows that we have. That is um, that is 118 shows. They put on a show. And keep in mind, it's pay-per-view, so this should be one of their 14 biggest shows of the year or so, right? They put on a show. That was just average it's one of their fourteen biggest shows out of one hundred and eighteen, and it was just flat out average wrestling for four hours um that leaves a lot to be desired
2: uh, yeah I mean especially especially in the climate today I mean you have so many options to right. watch great wrestling from across the world, and the biggest company in the world is going to come out here and put on this average mediocre pay-per-view yeah.
0: and we saw it happening in real time it was like you know we saw them open with that tag team match and we were wondering what the hell the finish was going to be and they just decided to essentially beat the champion clean and it was like well we already know they got to make their entrances again tonight they don't do an angle to get people hot and i don't know man like just up and down the uh card is just a host of yeah we don't really care about this show, but uh, we got the building book, so we might as well like just you know we're gonna send them out there y'all y'all came to see the circus animals, right?
1: yeah, and the one thing and we mentioned this about the about how average the show is the wrestling was better than the booking in, on the show for the most part because you you think about the show and it's like what three baby faces succeeded in the entire night? Seth yeah. was, and one was a face versus face match. It's Seth versus Braun. So we was already in a, a successful baby face there. Um, Alexa and Nikki, loon, they both won. That's a successful baby face uh, to act. And then you get, um, there was Kofi. one more on Blake. Kofi Kingston. That's right, Kofi and, and Randy Orton. So on a night where there's you know roughly. Was it twelve matches between the pre-show and that as well?
0: If, if you started watching from the pre-show, you saw off rip five matches uh, in a row of just people getting just destroyed in all types of dumb ways.
1: Yeah, and to go through that many matches over that amount of time and only have three successful baby faces. I mean, I remember there was one pay-per-view maybe last year where like there was only one successful baby face the entire night, and you're like, "Gee, no one of them the fucking show dragged." Like that's that's a big fucking deal, I and mean, we always go into the thing about heat and the purpose of a heat is purpose of heat is for an eventual payoff and they never give you a payoff or no, a one that's satisfying, or you know, or they'll seem like they'll have something together and then they ultimately say screw that, let's move on, and change direction. Uh, it's, it's it's it's. It's frustrating to watch or to think about it, you know, like while watching it, you, you see the effort, like, they were trying to do a sprint in the opening uh, tag match between the, I, I don't know, what kind of, what kind of superhero tandem you want to call those two between <laughs> and, and Seth, but, you, you got that, they, they really tried to work really hard, both tag matches, they both worked really hard, Um, but it's just, throughout the night, like, they just kept dousing the crowd with water, especially the, especially when they go with the, the Charlotte finish, just like, she, Y'all are trying to get over its baby face. You got the baby faces crowd for her in Charlotte, North Carolina. And then you just you just beat her in like three minutes or four in minutes or whatever. It's like the the
0: promotion behind this show was like for me at least, right? It mm-hmm. was like, oh, we got two four horse women matches, right? Yep. And yep. you do this bullshit in one of them, and then you do that that awful, atrocious finish at the end of the other match. It was like yeah. All this promotion that that y'all did, like doing that match on Monday Night Raw, all you know the fans are hot to see this. All stand mm-hmm. Twitter's going nuts. They're they're you know I'll talking about Twitter. Look look, <laughs> they're talking all this shit like that. This is about to be this showcase. I mean, they had to shut up essentially. But I'm not like saying that to flex on them. It was like, yo, people really were excited about these things, and then you turn those into fucking angles that like that people that will make people like. In in the uh, case of Sasha and Becky, right, it's not going to make them less excited. However, I don't think either one of them uh, were, you know, I I don't think Becky couldn't have lost there. (laughs) I don't think Sasha couldn't have lost and attacked her after the match or something. Like neither one of them had to be protected to do this. And you know, if you can't book a winner, don't book the match.
2: Yeah, James, you say that all the time. You know, people are like, oh, well, they, they had to do this to continue the feud. It's like, if you don't want either one of them winning, what is the purpose of having this match?
0: Yeah, or, the gonna tag they did on the, on the pay-per-view, and like, y'all had no problem throwing Roman Reigns' ass out there, you know, with, with no title on the line. Like, if you want to do that, import that over there, give Charlotte the same win over Bailey in her hometown, and then have the wild brawl with Sasha. You could have, like, Cut some time off the pay-per-view, you could have saved the booking and not beat anybody in a singles match.
1: Well, my my thought about the, the thing with the Charlotte and, and Bailey thing is I'm sorry, sorry, the, the Becky and Sasha thing is it goes beyond the simple if you didn't want to beat anybody and don't book the fucking match, it go and also, you know, my classic, it's you can do whatever the hell you want because it's fake, right? So mm-hmm. <sighs> The the thing that really is problematic for this one, it I feel hurts it is Sasha turn heel on Natty. Becky comes out, they brawl to the outside. Charlotte beats, I'm sorry, Sasha beats the hell out of Becky with a chair. Well, they ended the match with Becky clobbering after they brawl.
0: Becky got her vengeance now and beat in beats beat or Sasha's ass. Now what? And she got the tap out, like a visual tap out on her. Yeah,
2: like like three, mean, three oh, times. Yeah. She tapped out three times.
1: Yeah. Like, I'm not really concerned about the... I mean, that is also a thing, right? Like, she got thoroughly beat and also Becky got the vengeance back, right? So it's like, all right, so now what? Now you're going to the Cell? Watch the, the slash even get another match. Right. Like, she lost. I'm sorry, she lost. Uh, she didn't lose, but um, she didn't win. She got her ass beat. And Becky got... What Sasha had over her back what's their discuss, you know? Um I they're gonna I don't know what they go from here other than like connecting the four women again. Um and they've been doing some good stuff from what I've seen and heard, but so I
0: And that belly finish was just just atrocious. Like y'all and y'all goddamn turnbuckle finishes (laughs) Women's matches. You would <laughs> not do this in the men's matches. Why is hitting the turnbuckle the worst thing on earth? If Toriano wrestled in the WWE, he would be the fucking world champion.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man,
1: yeah, I, I, I don't know what they're doing with the the Charlotte thing as far as that one because it's like they're clearly about to pair Becky and Charlotte together to try to further. Either they got to reform their... I don't know what they do on TV, but clearly the direction is they're going to f- join forces to stop Sasha and Bailey.
2: Now well, I, 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 I think that I don't that, think that they're doing Charlotte and um, Becky because on SmackDown Carmella came out to help Charlotte. Now it looks like they're doing Charlotte and Carmella against those two, and then yeah, Becky's going to be—I guess I don't know—could
1: be or Charlotte's just opinion, Or sorry. Uh,
2: carmela eater. Eater. yeah yeah
1: um i i mean because what i i maybe maybe i mean that's something to do but yikes um i don't know like i'm interested to see what they do in the future but like this one was definitely like they just doused me cold cold waters like yep. Yeah, yeah. after that especially after the msg match um can we talk about kobe kingston do we okay? What do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about Brock, or do you want to talk about what happened on Sunday?
0: What happened on Sunday?
1: Okay, they had a long, boring, well wrestled match at the end. Like they do this. <laughs> they, that's what. They, that's
0: what I do. <laughs> it felt like Kofi Kingston was begging people to cheer for him at the end. It was a long, boring Randy Orton match. I never need to see another Randy Orton WWE Championship match as long as I live. Probably not, no. Kobe, yeah, you, you know, the title. Brock's back. Yuck. It's all, It sucks all around. Like, I, I got news that that match was happening, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, why the fuck would I want to tune in and watch that? Like, <laughs> like we know what right. Brock with the belt is. We know what it's leading to, James. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, my, my main thing is,
1: it's cool to have Brock on SmackDown, because that's where the big, that's where they're going now, and that's where they're getting their, uh, that's their biggest show now, that becomes their A-show, and Brock being there fully symbolized that this is actually, in fact, the A-show, but, like, if they can't make Brock interesting at all without him being around the title picture, then maybe they should f- try to either figure out the fundamental flaw in that, or, you know, move on, because... That's all they do now. Like we have nothing. They they have basically said, they, they, it's almost like they realize that he's stale and it's like, there's nothing else for him to do. So he always has to be around the title picture and he's a top guy. So that makes sense. But it's like when he wins the belt and he goes away, we've seen historically what that does to the product. So why would you decide new, you know, fr- new, uh, new channel, new business relationship, like fresh start, We've learned some things. We've grown from that, and they decide to go right back to their ex. They it's like It's so man, weird.
0: Learn the lesson, James. This is not the WWE way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh,
2: real, real quick, back back on the the actual match with uh, Kofi and Orton. So, from what I saw from the promo package and you know all the videos from SmackDown, this was supposed to be this you know heated, highly personal match. Orton brought Kofi's family into this feud, calling this man stupid again. This was supposed to be this heated blood feud. And the match starts with the smoothest of smooth lockups. <laughs>
0: right. Just staring at each other five you, you, minutes. You would, you,
2: would think, you would think that as soon as the bell rang, Kofi would have been, um, you know, beeline to beat this man. But there was none of that. They, they locked up like this was, you know, the opening match of Tampa Bay Pro Wrestling. Uh, you know, nice, you know, smooth uh, collar elbow tie up. And, you know, had themselves a just average title match and another underwhelming uh, Kofi Kingston title match on pay-per-view. I mean, we were there in New York. We were happy and celebrating and hugging and crying when Kofi uh, beat Daniel Bryan. And since then, they've just dropped the ball with Kofi and with his programs. Um, they just put him against opponents that uh, weren't exciting. And then the, the feuds and the matches they booked were just nothing. And I, you know, It was actually a good feud and a, a good call back to the original Orton-Kofi rivalry. If you just watch the promo videos, you'd be like, man, this is a great feud. But then mm-hmm. you watch the matches and the bell rings, and you're like, what? 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: That's exactly right. Okay, so let's look else. What was what else is on this card? I mean, well, let's talk about it. Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan. Boy. Okay, this is a match where there's a guy who is seen as credible and a star, and people believe in him, and he's facing a guy that has no credibility whatsoever, is not seen as a threat, no matter what, what they've done over the past, I don't know, let's say, uh, two, three weeks before uh, SummerSlam. And they get in the ring, and they had the dude with no credibility just eat up this other dude that people were actually behind, and the crowd sat on their hand because no one believed it for a second that that guy was going to win. And they brawl all around... And then, you know, by the time they got to, uh, on the stage, it got a little interesting when they used the, uh, the crane cam, um, and then they did the Carper the thing and that's interesting, but at the end of the day it's like, okay, so we just clearly saw that like Rowan has no juice whatsoever
2: and we're going right. to
1: extend this now with Luke Harper.
2: Hey, you know, first of all, they, they kind of killed part of the gimmick of this match because you had uh, Becky and Sasha brawling all around so you it kind of okay, we are already seeing two people doing this and now you come out later with Roman and Rowan kind of doing the same thing over again so you kind of lose the excitement for that Yep. and then you have this you know your Hulk Hogan, John Cena book style match where Bayface just gets their ass beat throughout the whole match, and you are you want to get simpy, and you want the crowd behind them, and then eventually, you know, Bayface is going to hulk up and win the match. Well, they couldn't even get the format right, because Roman lost. Um, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Just
0: bore that bullshit with Roman. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Is he the worst... Uh, has there ever been a top guy in WWE that's been booked as poorly as Roman Reigns since coming back from... Beating cancer.
0: Is there? Uh, I'm sure think that so. Austin might have had some dry moments, but that's like f- damn near when he was done. Um, their problem with Roman Reigns is the same thing that it's always been. They are scared. They are scared fucking money when it comes to Roman Reigns. If you want him to be the guy, you don't have to fucking hide it from the hardcore fans who just, quote unquote, can't handle Roman Reigns winning matches, apparently. So what they feel like they have to do is put him in situations like this to lose matches to Shane McMahon, to lose matches to Eric Rowan, and then be like, oh, you see, we're not actually booking him that strong. It's like, until, until. Wait, wait until it's time for him to beat
1: braun strowman to go on to wrestlemania or some Correct. shit like that yeah right it's like
0: yo maybe just maybe it would work if you didn't listen to people as much with when, when it comes to him just fucking fucking make him a top star have him fucking crush people like i understand they wanted to do their fucking angle to get luke harper involved I fucking get that, right? Have Roman Reigns kick this man's ass the whole match. Have Roman Reigns come out there and and Superman punch this man to death. Put him through tables. Spear him. Then have the lights go out. Do something like that. And then, you know, you do your attack and everything like that. Whatever. Make it feel like that. But have Roman Reigns stop beating him on pay-per-view. You you know what? You want to know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? Eric Rowan is getting the push
1: that Drew McIntyre thought he was getting in the fall when he was doing the tag stuff with Mac with oh, uh, Ziggler, except like they said they just they beat him with Ziggler that one night with uh Finn Balor interference and they just completely dropped it then and then they didn't do anything until um, Roman came back
0: with Bro, with, it's with, like, with it's McIntyre. It's like, really it's like, weird know what y'all want to do y'all want to get this belt on Brock to eventually get it to wrestlemania season to keep it warm for you know who how about you know making this guy important like a star and not giving him this fucking outer galaxy uh completely in his own universe storyline that they've given him and just like build it up like yo i want the title back like, maybe they feel like they can't go there that early because it doesn't line up with the calendar, but they sure don't have a problem building a Hell in a Cell match in three weeks. They sure don't have a problem pulling out the fiend uh, to randomly <laughs> get a world title match. Now they they don't have a problem doing this stuff, but when it comes to Roman Reigns, they it's it's a, it's just their it's their fatal flaw as a company.
2: And, a- you know it's, it's, it's so it's so weird because we we just got pretty much done with the Cena era. And kind of seeing the decade of John Cena and how they built Cena. Cena was in the same situation as Roman. The you know, the diehard fan base, the IWC, whatever you want to call them, rejected Cena, booed Cena to death. You know, everybody hated Cena. And what did they do? They ignored everybody, kept pushing him. Cena kept winning, kept winning titles, kept going over in all his feuds. And then next thing you know, eventually he gets—he's over. No matter, you know, you, you might have the scene of sucks, but he's over. He's a star. He's winning matches. He's winning feuds. He's winning titles. Um, he, he's not a geek. But for whatever reason with Roman Reigns, they're like, oh no, we gotta, you know, we, we, we gotta, we gotta, you know, make him look even like everybody else. And that's why he's not getting over. What? What makes Roman Reigns any different from any other baby face on the roster?
0: <sighs> um. And this is why everyone's interchangeable. Yep, yep. And I <laughs> think I, also another part. I think I think
1: we also are skipping over this is this one thing. Like Cena was actually like a draw in Roman Reigns relative to John Cena is not. Um, he's a top draw for this era in this company without a John Cena around, but uh, full time anyway. But um, Cena was actually someone that actually move the needle in. Like Roman, he moved the needle to an extent, but not to the extent that like you look at um Google Trends over the last the track of WWE over the last hell, this is two thousand four, and you 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 can see the nosedive like we got WrestleMania thirty one and then um Bron- or uh Lesnar B Samoa Joe, then Roman, then Strowman in three consecutive months, and then the shit just nose-dives. So, and we haven't recovered since then. Like, you niggas off, awesome, you never recovered. So, <laughs> um... Like, you throw that where, like, every, every contender there was actually people believed in that Lesnar just mowed through in three months, or pinned in three months, combine that with no Cena, and it's been a rap ever since. And also you throw in the fact that, like, after WrestleMania 31, he lost his damn mind, put a belt on gender, and then they continue to do ridiculous shit. So,
2: right, and, it, you come, know, but, and they're are they're, they're never going to move the needle with Roman keep losing.
1: Yeah, right. And, right. And, and SmackDown, you look at SmackDown like SmackDown has no okay. They have stars, but they're stars because their stars were made before they ended up on SmackDown. Like Roman is being treated like shit. Kofi Kingston is winning, but yeah winning and Kevin under- o- Kevin fashion. Owens my god You know what I'm saying like they the people that are supposed to be the top star Daniel Bryan he he just got moved out the paint for this fucking goon
0: <laughs> What they yeah. oh, want to do the tag team with with Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan and I don't know and eventually get to their singles match that way but you would think I don't know I I I've, I don't want to say like I know eventually they're doing a Roman Reigns Daniel Bryan match right but it feels like it's going to come at a time where it's a B pay-per-view. Yep. It's TLC or something. Yep. And they're not going to realize what the fuck they could have had. And I'm going to come on this show and fucking railroad them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fr- and like and just like completely bury them sixty feet under, like I like I said I would the week before Summerslam when I heard that they planned to actually put that on Summerslam with no build and treating it like it was unimportant because they never value things, they never valued this correctly. And then I feel like they're headed towards you know their tired ass Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, uh, you know third time at WrestleMania, make it a charm in Tampa, be there, and they'll get shadow on again.
1: And actually, it might not even a shot on. People might just be like, uh like, like. like, people <laughs> like, might just get up and leave. Like, this one actually has the potential to set up people doing the wave and all the shit, and they got to zoom in tight, and completely didn't give a shit, and it's most little on match all the time. This might be, like, the most apathetic crowd for a WrestleMania main event ever. Regardless, like, when the bell rings. Not like, oh, they're having a bad match, or they're stinking it up, so the crowd is sitting on their hands. Like, this has a chance for them to go out there, and people just like, who the fuck cares, man? Like, I, I honestly don't. I really don't give a fuck at this. Like, especially after what they did to Roman in that whole build to last WrestleMania, it's just like, or against Lesnar or thirty one or thirty four. I just, I, I don't have the heart in me to like to, to 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 like watch this shit and be like, oh, they're gonna just smash their their baby faces to the concrete, and I guess this time he wins. Great.
2: Yeah. Like, and, and no, I have don't have- want. They- I
1: don't want stupid, lame, ass kicked baby faces. Like. It makes sense for you get your ass kicked a couple of times because that builds the heat for the hill for you to overcome or for the next baby face to topple whoever. But, like, Lesnar is just heat on heat on heat. And, honestly, you look at from uh, the Bryan a year ago. Like he's kind of on point again to where we used to be when pay per views were like, I can't wait for a Lesnar match because he's gonna have a great match. Like that Daniel Bryan match last year at Survivor Series, the Royal Rumble match with Finn Balor. Uh, it was short in two minutes, but like you include that entire presentation for the opening match of WrestleMania 35. You go and talk about his Wrestle his uh, Survivor SummerSlam match with 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 Rollins, and like he's had four consecutive hits. I, I don't even care about the hits no more. I'm so done with him.
2: It's crazy. He, he, you know, they're going to have the nerve to, to book that in our hometown <laughs> bring that trash to our home. Yeah,
0: seat. we didn't ask for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's well, see. Well, I, I them niggas was. to Raymond James uh, the, the Sunday town.
2: I guess they figured because our NFL team is trash, they can come book their trash here too.
0: I, I guess they figured wouldn't that we would show up today's city and not go to wrestlemania they would show up to our city and then tell us we dare you and i'll, I'll take you on <laughs> all
1: right I, I think we've expressed enough just you know disappointment and disapproval in uh what they've done with roman reigns's l- career so let's oh. let's just move. forget like it's just a microcosm of more times they fucked over fucked up roman reigns so uh i guess we talk about the main event Seth Rollins vs. braun strowman
0: the bunch match of, in the
1: vacuum was good.
0: A bunch of big moves. They don't love Seth Rollins like that. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. what I really get out of yeah. it. We saw the look on his face after the finish. Fans booed. They, the, everyone, crowd,
1: the crowd so was so awesome. heavily into, into Strowman winning the belt. So heavily into it. And it was like, I tell you, Rich, I tell you, I tell you, Strowman, it captivated the audience again. And you couldn't believe it until, until you heard that pop, until you heard that crowd. Well, there you go. They so now you can say they moved him aside all those times for Roman. Now you can say they've also moved him aside for Seth. So welcome, welcome, welcome to the Mount Rushmore of of I don't know Mount. I don't even know what I'm saying. But welcome, <laughs> welcome to this illustrious list. Uh, uh, Seth, because he goes there with Brock. He goes on there with uh, Roman, and it's a triumvirate until they come on the next person to just go out there and just throw more water on top of a uh, Brock as he's just starting to get. Ho- I'm sorry, uh, Braun. He's starting to get hot again.
2: Yeah, and, and you know th- this match. It, it had uh Paul Heyman's, you know, fingerprints all over it with the kind of big moves, big spots, kind of booked out style that he's, he's been doing in like Brock Lesnar title matches lately. And, you know, they were trying to cover up uh, bronze shortcomings, but you know, it just was an average match. It wasn't a main event quality match. They could have done this on a Monday Night Raw if they wanted to. Like, it's not reached the level of a championship matchup, and then, you know, you have two baby faces, but clearly one is more over than the other, and the, the one that the fans actually want to win, loses, the bigger guy looks to make like a big dummy in every big match that he has. And uh, to lose to Mister, I'm going to sell the knee, Seth Rollins. So
0: and this man pulled out a fucking pedigree, unbelievable! Like, <laughs> 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 yo, like, oh, man, hey, that don't ever, that don't lose. Look, man, if anyone else like laid their main events out like this, they would get fucking killed for it. I mean, like- the promotion. Yes. Yes. Yeah, like like you, it's just nothing but a bunch of finishers and, and false kickouts and, and big, big, big moves. It, it,
2: it's not all about the moves, guys.
0: Yeah, it's like, all about high spots. All like, the high spots are doing. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Like I understand what they did, but like, what is it like? Is it okay for 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 this type of match to happen? Like, or is it not like? Like, why couldn't they they give uh, Kofi Kingston and, and Randy Orton like be like, "Hey, y'all go do a bunch of big moves," and it's like, "No, y'all go have this boring ass match." Like, they know what will and won't get over. It's like it's just funny to see who they use it on and and who they don't. And right. the fact that we see that you know that formula, it's like, when's this gonna get old? I mean, uh, I
1: think I think it's still relatively. Um... I wouldn't say it's not that it's rare because it's not. I, but I would say it's not. It's it's not cliche yet. It's not cliche yet. Um, if this continues for another two years, maybe people will be like, you know, like we talk about the Braun Strowman match, or the or we're just like, all right, we, we get we know what's gonna happen. Like I I know how this goes, right? I, I know mean, what this is.
0: Like like I mean like, where how far back do we need to take it? Like WrestleMania thirty four, like is it, where it started. Like with just all no, of,
1: 33, all five? 33. Thirty
0: three with Goldberg. Okay, just all those yeah in a row, and then <laughs> I mm-hmm. don't know. It's just they, the rules different. I, yeah. it, if they want to say that, I appreciate it. Rules different for Brock or or anybody they see it's, that Heyman you know puts in that spot.
1: It's really like the main event championship matches that they're doing this with, like whatever championship is going on last. Like it's probably like a situation where it's like a probably like a third of the time it just turns into just a uh. You know, high spot spamming sprint.
0: This tells me it feels like they don't really trust their wrestlers to put together a match. Like, well,
1: look at look at the fucking card. Of course they don't. (laughs) Look at at what they (laughs) did with everybody.
0: Yeah, and it's like man, AJ and
1: Cedric Alexander goes four minutes and fifty five seconds. Right. Unbelievable. Uh, Charlotte and Bailey go 3 minutes and 45 seconds. Uh, the Revival in The New Day go 10 minutes and 15 seconds, which I'm only saying they should probably go a couple more minutes longer than that, given like where they are on the card and also like their secondary part of the Kofi and Orton thing. Uh, Alexa, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking at this thing. Oh, and I'm okay, so I lost my mind on this when I thought about this earlier. Now that I'm looking at these times, Becky and uh, Sasha Got went 20 minutes <laughs> officially shouldn't it still be going on saying that we got no fucking bell
2: <laughs> right it's funny yeah we were watching it and I was like yeah this is a no contest and James you were like I, I didn't hear no bell like the, the match should be going on I'm like no it's going to be a no contest they're going to throw it out and it's going to move along that's exactly but what that's, happened
1: but the reason why I said they can't do that is because that's fucking dumb Jeremy like
2: well, well no, they, no, no,
1: this, this is what they did they, they, they thought the thing is this you're watching a show and i understand that they're brawling back and forth but i see they're brawling back and forth and i'm thinking all right well they just took out the ref so they're brawling on around the no other reference can decide to bring their ass or you know brought their ass to the stage into the ring so they're going to come back and then they're going to do somebody cheats or someone uses a chair someone rolls up the you know the ref slow council Someone's going to kick the crowd gets hotter and then they're going to continue from there right typical attitude era type shit They, they said, no, we're going to end this match right here, but we're not going to ring the bell because then it'll be a brawl and people will be like, what the fuck is going on? Why are you continuing doing this? So we're going to, we're going to leave you on a pretense. this match still going on? And then when we get back into the ring after going all through the concourse and back down, then they're going to say the match is thrown out, even though there was no reason to throw the match out. Given so, wrestling given giving this company's history of letting that kind of shit slide.
0: And, and the referee was down for like eight minutes off a off a, a soft ass chair shot to the shoulder. Yeah, he, got, got,
2: he, he got that uh, that uh, Gato chair shot, like when uh Gato hit Okada with the chair yeah. and uh that ref he was out. he was, out. Nah, <laughs> he was out, you know what, out. You
1: know, no 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 no. You know what kind of chair shot uh that ref got? What? That chair that ref got that same chair shot that Seth Rollins gave Roman when he turned on the shield. Damn. <laughs> hits you, look, hits you in your body, you drop, you don't get up for minutes. <laughs> you just <laughs> done. <Yeah.
0: laughs> All
1: right. I mean, I don't
0: Becky and Sasha was great until yeah. um it, it was going really well. Yes it was. They decided to, you know, to put they put they stamp on it. Yeah yeah it's
1: yeah. like and no no I, you're like a, this is <laughs> this is like a criminal mastermind that's like he's never been caught but he always leaves behind like one clue so uh so the people know it's him but you'll never catch him she's so like i must leave my signature on this crime that i committed and then he just and then he's poof into thin air like it, like how do i fuck finish sign mr man out of here gone poof so I don't know. I guess we can move on to talking about uh, NXT on a brighter note. Yeah. Much brighter
2: note. Well, NXT Well, had, well one I, thing. Well, before, we, before we go to NXT, I just want to give a shout-out once again to the Cruiserweights. Uh, you know, they were on the pre-show. It was uh, Gulak defending against Carrillo and Lince Dorado. And they went out there and had themselves a very good opening match. We all know that 205 guys don't always get the best reactions on pay-per-view. Not a lot of people watch 205 live. But the E3 guys went out here and busted their ass and got the crowd into their match and got over with this match and had a really good 10-minute uh, opening match up here with uh, Drew Gulak retaining. It's just a shame that these guys are not getting the spotlight or you know getting the attention from fans. But I guess we'll be seeing some more of them on NXT, which we're about to talk about right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of spotlight, I think that now that there will be on NXT, now that NXT is two hours, I think that the weights that will be frequenting NXT will be the ones that get over because it's a bigger brand and maybe they'll actually make some tour money. <laughs>
0: yeah. Mm. So, so you're saying 205 Live is uh bigger than NXT, James? No. No, no, no. It, it never ended up being bigger than. No,
1: it, it never caught up. In fact,
0: we're on par at all. There
1: were a lot of times where NXT UK was a was a was immediately hotter in less time and and got a bigger following than 205 Live. That's kind of wild because you would have thought that like you build a brand over years and years and years and it just builds up as opposed to well these are geeks. <laughs> so should have watched this shit. <laughs> um, yeah. If he had people out here arguing, he's gonna put Johnny Gargano on that thing, nah, bro, don't do that, <laughs> do not do that shit there. Okay, so first NXT on you on USA Network, um, it was a one hour special that or one hour show that then transferred over to the network for the second hour of it. Um they popped such a they had such a large following that the I guess, you know, starts it was crashes or whatever else. I experienced one of the crashes. It took me like thirty minutes to finally uh catch up on the show, but I did. I really enjoyed the second hour. What were your guys' takeaways on the show?
2: I thought this was an excellent uh kickoff to NXT in two hours. I love both hours. They had a lot of great matches to a lot of great stories, got guys over <laughs> you know, you had tile changes. You had contenders being established. And, you know, they, they didn't treat this show like a whole, they were expecting a whole bunch of new people to be watching. They acted like, hey, this is the NXT product. There wasn't a whole bunch of introductory. Um, you just, if you were new, you just kind of had to pick up what's going on. I mean, they had promo packages for the big matches. Um, but, you know, they treated us like, you know, the diehard wrestling fan base was watching it. They did that. Uh, the production looked really good. And, yeah, I, was, I thoroughly enjoyed um, both two hours.
0: Everything I heard about it looked, um, you know, it sounded like everyone was really pleased with the show Um, from the women opening the show, uh, which seemed to, you know, draw praise uh, in different corners of the the internet and uh, them doing a title change to where Roddy is finally got his hands on a belt. I've had people hit me up thinking, what does this mean for Velveteen Dream? I mean, maybe he's going for for the big belt. Maybe not. Um, You know, maybe going up. Yes. The, (laughs) uh,
1: what what came into play on that, what made me think the exact same thing was one, obviously he's he's you know, um, he should be the the person that eventually, or either him or really be the person that takes the belt off of uh, Cole. So for me, seeing that they did almost like the Johnny Gargano spot with, with um with Cole at New York, where they cheat, he kicks, the crowd loses their fucking minds. Um, except this time, instead of Gar- Gargano um, being able to overcome it and, and slap and winning, uh, Roddy ends up winning um, the second time they cheat. And the second time they cheat, uh, the person that screwed him was a super, it was a super kick from Cole. So retribution may be coming, or this may be something to set up you know down the line for War Games when they eventually do that. Right. So I, I thought you know I thought the it they had some weird moments at the beginning but like by the time they <laughs> by the time uh undisputed came out the crowd was like no <laughs> and then all the cheating happened and the kick and everything i thought like they they completely won over uh they completely you know took the matchup like two notches after that kick out so i thought they did a good job with that one
2: I heard uh, it. Yeah, but I mean, um I love the way I love the opening matchup. You know, they opened up yep. with um Candace Lorray defeating Mia Yim, Bianca Belair, and E.L. Shirai for the number one contendership for the NXT women's championship. Uh, they went out here and had a great sprint, um, a great way to kick off the show for a great match. You know, we did have a twenty minute uh, opening promo. We had a great match here with these ladies kinda of going back and forth and just kinda of going balls to the wall and just had a great uh, match here.
1: Yeah. I I can't remember like what was I'd have to really think. Um, what would be the best women's match in WWE or in the, on the main? Oh, let's do this. That might be the second best match, women's match in all of WWE this year. It might be like the only other match I think is better is Candice and Io from Takeover uh, Toronto too. Um, yeah, because th- this was better than either of those Royal Rumble matches between Asuka and Becky and Ronda and Sasha. Um this is better than the uh, Elimination Chamber tag match. Um, this is better than the Horsewoman MSG tag match. This is better than Sasha and Becky from Sunday. Uh I I'm trying to think. Uh it's better than the EO and Shayna match from Takeover twenty five. I so yeah, I think it's up there. So I thought, I thought they showcased three of the women like they were all superstars and Mia was just holding in the road to, until she got pinned. But I thought they showcased their division or the, the stars of their division quite well.
2: Yeah, all, yeah I think all four of them looked good and all had a chance to shine in the match. I mean, you can kind of clearly see that uh, Candice and Eo are kind of like the, the top two as far as in-ring work between the four. But yeah. I still thought all, all four of them looked good and had their times to get over in the match. And I was really excited that Candace won. I mean, she's been somebody that seems to have been on the back burner for a long time. They weren't really doing much with her besides being Johnny Gargano's wife. Um, we started to sort of kind of break out of that mold with the EO feud and that kind of built into this four-way. So I'm really hoping that she's going to be the one to beat Shayna Baszler.
1: It, it could be. I At first I thought because they had a match, Shayna and, and um, Candice, Sometime at the, you know, it's like in fall of last year. So I thought like it was a really good match, but uh, Shayna beat her on TV. So I thought like they never really saw that for her. But, you know, it's a new day. Things have changed. I really don't like the idea that like EO beats the, beats her clean on the, on, you know, on the biggest match of her life and uh, takeover and then like she gets the title shot but whatever they will make sense of it eventually i think like yeah, I th- it, I, I it's think right for eo going out and screwing her to get the, and going back into their feud i thought that um going to the match like they were going to do a situation where like they both were going to take each other out, out of the match so
2: right i mean what the, what they could do is either they could have eo uh screw Candice over and Shayna retains or you can have Candice retain and since EO beat her one on one, that gives EO a right for a title shot versus Candice one on one.
1: Yeah, but I'm just I'm tired of these short babyface runs on NXT. Like,
2: <laughs>
1: I, I'm just I'm just okay. So like, she's Johnny's wife, and she also is going to be like win the title and immediately lose just like Johnny does too, right? Like, I,
2: does she have to lose to EO? Could, could she beat EO?
1: I wouldn't do that. I I wouldn't, but somebody has to get Shane off this belt. Some, but Shane has to come off this belt and we got to right. find somebody to do it. Like, if you pick...
0: Somebody any, got to pick off the streets.
1: Any, If you had picked <laughs> look, Rhea um, Rhea still owed a title shot. So I, you know, I don't know how they're doing that. So like, eventually after what happened was that two weeks ago? So that's still done. That's something that should be handled. Like, maybe it's a three-way. True. Maybe it's a through when it, get out of it by like, oh yeah, you know, Candace got pinned by, by um, Rhea, so Rhea's champion, and off you go, Shayna. Um, Maybe, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's, it's interesting, but like, it, it, it felt for the first time, like all of... Because I've heard criticism about people, t- especially when the horsewoman stuff wasn't really working that well, and there was no Sasha, and you had Becky out here feuding with... This this woman is working on the job, trying to trying to become a competent wrestler. Uh, uh, Lacey Evans. You, you heard people like throw snipes, and you know the people that are WWE fans, but also distance themselves away from NXT, which is weird because it's also WWE. Like you saw them throw snipes about like the lack of quality or depth in the women's division or whatever else. And I'm like, well, they have three ongoing feuds right now on a one hour show, and they're all somewhat competent what's what, what does he have to say about wwe or what do you have to say about the raw right now I, when they only have one thing that's going right now I, whatever so it, it's it's good to see that like this is almost like a, a crystallizing point where all of it came together between the the mia and the bianca stuff the eo and the candace stuff and um um Shayna and uh shana and mia built up at that point. But, like they're it's 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 nice that that's where they're headed, and also with Rian coming in, like it it seems like a bunch of storylines, and that's cool because I think that they're, in North America anyway in major professional wrestling they have the best women's division right now. Um, we'll see what AEW does, and they're about to go head to head, so that'll be fun.
2: But yeah, um, after that um, opening match, um, we had a face off with Candice and Shayna, so obviously we got the announcement that's happening October second. Were you surprised she um, didn't get jumped? I was. I thought, yeah, they were going to lay her out, uh, but you know, I guess you know they want to make their baby pictures look strong on this brand. So oh.
1: <laughs> until they win the belt, then they lose it quickly.
0: Yo, man, yeah. I would just keep it a buck. Shayna's weed carriers—they can get the fuck off the screen forever. I don't. I don't ever
1: <laughs> see them. Like all they do. Like I have to go through it, but it's something like eight of her last, or seven of her last eight title defenses have involved them coming out and interfering in her match. And I'm just like, I'm over it. Or maybe it's six out of eight. But it's like, enough. Stop it. Knock it the fuck off. Either come up with something else to do with her or have her come up, come off the belt. I'm tired of seeing these title matches, especially when we have Io and Candice. Like, they do that match, and then now like, you follow up with that, it's like, nah, nah, nah. Gotta go. Um...
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, so
1: uh, I mean they, they after that they did a, squa- a six second squash match with Cameron Grimes. Um he did What they
0: also that had hat the uh, that this gentleman was wearing. Sorry? So what was that hat that this gentleman was wearing?
1: A non-drawing one. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: I, I'm not sure what they're kind of doing with the uh presentation of Cameron Grimes, uh, formerly Trevor Lee. It's nothing similar to what he was doing before he came into WWE. And uh, I think Trivoli is a very talented guy. He's yep. a great talker. Um, they haven't really let him talk that much yet. Um, and so, yeah, I'm not quite sure what this whole gimmick they have him running with and what exactly they're doing. I know clearly they see something in him because they put him on the USA Hour and put him over super strong over uh, Shamaluda uh, But, yeah, I'm not quite sure. I don't know what the whole top hat thing is, or what it's, direction they're going with him.
1: He's like hillbilly Mad Hatter. It's 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 weird for me because you watched the 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 breakout tournament, and only two people got over, and it was um, Angel Garza, and it was Jordan Miles. Why are they not on this slot? In this slot,
2: right? Right? That's, Apparently, that's, that's um. Garza had a dark match against Raul Mendoza that tore the house down.
1: Oh. Good thing I they mean, didn't put that on TV.
2: Right. I mean, <laughs> Gar- Garza clearly has a connection with the fans. Um, I heard there was big chance for Take Your Pants Off throughout. He, like, teased it and then finally, you know, ripped it off. And he's getting over him. And we see Garza on the Logo Loop all the time. And he's one of the uh, most over new guys that have come in in the last couple months. And he's a superstar presence. And If they put this guy on TV, he's going to get over.
1: Yeah, and it's funny because the first time I saw him was on a Tampa House show, and that was one of those shows that I didn't invite you, that that Josh is still bitter about, and whatever. Sorry, Josh. So, I went there, and I saw the match, and I'm like, I saw him come out. Sorry? Suck it, Josh. (laughs) So, I come out. I'm just, I'm like, let it go. Like, um, so I saw him come out, he works the match, he gets super over, I'm like, and I, I remember texting, on like, this, this Garza dude, like, he's got something going for him or whatever else, and then, like, he, he could be, like, a pretty boy heel, and then I find out, like, oh, yeah, he's Umberto's cousin, and I'm like, oh, he definitely has something going on for him. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, it, I just find it weird that that's where they decided to go with the, even the final, um, but it is what it is.
2: Uh, yeah. Also, before that squash match, we did get um, a promo package um, hyping up Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic for next week.
1: That's right. Can't wait. I, 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 I wish they had saved it for uh, when they go head to head. That would have definitely put butts in seats or or yeah. kept you know people from changing the channel or whatever else. So. Um, then from there you have the the North American title match we already discussed that, and then they go black, and then when they come back and they start off with the squash match for Kushida, right?
2: No, they started off with uh, Pete Dunn versus Arturo Rujas.
1: Yeah, and it was uh, one of those. It was one of those weird star versus person that is not a jobber. So they have a competitive match, yet no people think of that person as a jobber. It made me think of when they did Keith Lee versus. Um, Bartel, you know, last year, late last year, and it's like, I understand you're protecting this dude, but no one knows that dude, so you either put in a job, or so he can get, show all his finishes, or have a less competitive match, and they just kept going back and forth, and back and forth, and back and forth, and back and forth, and like, uh, Rujas, or Huas, he's good, but, he's not over.
2: Right, and you know, the thing with Rujas, Huas, do you say that, Arturo, um, he's been in in Evolve, um, you know, a lot this year, and um, kind of one of the guys that's kind of sent on excursion to Evolve, and he's improved a lot since he's been working um, those Evolve dates, and kind of been able to, you know, establish his more uh, shooting style. You know, we we see him on the Largo Loops, you know, doing this MMA gimmick, and he'd just come up there and lock up and do regular wrestling holes. Didn't quite, you know, gel with his gimmick, but, you know, he went to Evolve, You know, Gabe let him work that kind of shoot style, and he's been kind of been able to, um, you know, up his game, and he has gotten a lot better. But like you mentioned, James, he's not over yet. He doesn't win a lot of matches on the Largo Loop, doesn't win matches on TV. So to the NXT fan base, he's just um, a geek that can wrestle really well.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I don't think he's a guy that they um, now that they're at in this war they might have one or two spots to where they can experiment per show. I feel like anyone they put on that show has to be ready. Essentially that, and especially if you have Pete Dunne in the ring, it's like, well, Pete Dunne's out here. Uh, why are we wasting Pete Dunne? Like not looking impressive.
1: Well, I wouldn't say he didn't look impressive. I just think that the match is too competitive and too back and forth where there's too many exchanges and holes with, like, this dude is supposed to be the best technical wrestler, like, on the network or really in the company. But, and then they have him go out here, like, getting out, exchange, technically, for going hole for hold with, with fucking. Who. Arturov. Oh. <laughs> I keep forgetting his name, so I don't know if it's because it's spelled Ruhas, but it's Huas or whatever. And I'm just like, yeah, eh. it's,
2: yeah, the, the Brazilian, Brazilian pronunciation.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. You listen like to Hoist, hey,
1: Jeremy like or Royce? Yes, Jeremy. Do you listen to Brazilian music? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So I mean, so Rich, I'm gonna ask you a quick question. What do you think of NXT when they do these matches? With like, like we talked about, it, as far as. Name person that people know or they're trying to push has an over overcompetitive match. Do you think that there's a way that they can kind of op- or kind of optimize that? Or do you think it's just do away with the whole thing and just only stick to squash? Because, I mean, squash is it's kind of bad for this ratings war that they're about to have
0: i think it's a function of the show it's like this has to happen because we're like unless you're gonna have start having the guys like the huas level guys start squashing people they never really get to fight unless right. you know so i i think they they are of use but you got to use those like in the right spots and they've got to um you know pick people that they know are getting over like you can put Garza in there with fucking um, you know if he's a heel right you can put him with Gargano right now right. you can put him with Riddle you can put him with with any of those guys and not and, and, and he'll get over every, and like I think they need to uh, as Jeremy mentioned like because Garza is a guy that gets over locally everywhere they need to be cognizant of stuff like that and this is not a shot at Cameron Grimes or anything because I've heard great things about the guy but we always have the joke. They pick people for this shit. Like mm-hmm. he has a heavy reputation out that, that was well earned on the U S Indies, but they like someone like Garza has something. So they just need to do a better job cultivating that quicker. And I think that's going to be the point where I feel like a- an AEW will be like, They'll know something's working, but like, okay, hold on, we need to spotlight this person. Like, yeah. like, like Jungle Boy and is like, they're over now, like, offer two shows. So we're about to start going with these guys. Here's this merch. Here's this whatever. Like, so it's just going to take them reacting faster, I think.
2: Yeah. And I, I think ideally what you want to have is you want to have a guy like Arturo kind of pick up some wins on his own, get some kind of squash matches that kind of builds up. All right, this guy's been picking up momentum, you know, do some video packages, highlighting his rivalries and evolve show what he's been doing to get better and, you know, get him over with the crowd, get him to win some matches. Then, all right, he's earned this match to face, you know, the longest reigning uh, champion WWE, the UK champion. And it makes a little bit more sense of why he's going a little bit more back and forth instead of kind of just coming in cold. Um, you know, the last time we've seen him, he did job to somebody. Right. And he's jobbing on the Largo loop is like, uh, why? you know, why isn't Pete putting this guy away already?
0: And you know what they're scared of. Like they're, they're scared of, of doing those personality pieces because they feel like people will turn them off. Like they've started marketing. NXT as no bullshit. So they're committing so hard to the wrestling. It's like, all right, the personalities are going to be the important thing to tell you why the wrestler is important. And that part will blow you away.
1: I mean, maybe I feel almost like they, they put all the wrestling out there that they could in a smart way to kind of assure the people that are like, once it gets to USA, this is going to be Vince Vince influenced and fucked. Yeah. That, Don't worry, you're going to get your the NXT that you that you know and love, or you heard so so much about. And like I, NXT always does profile stuff and and you know show you what's going to happen on next weeks and two weeks from now stuff, and then plan ahead. They've always done that, and they've always kind of showed like personality here and there and show like how and, and you know set angles backstage or whatever else like they're i they kind of they didn't do it as much as they normally do but so you're right about the more wrestling part but i feel almost like they were doing that to kind of like put you 80s like nah you're gonna get your you're, you're gonna get your dopamine hit don't don't just say you're gonna <laughs> get buried underneath you know having johnny or not johnny he's actually a good promo like having i don't know kona fucking reeves come out here and talk for five minutes until someone interrupts him.
0: all right yeah
1: yeah. Uh, so after that, we is that when we get the Kushida supposed, supposed squash match?
2: No. So after that, there was a Dakota Kai video package. No. Um, the, then there was Leah versus Zaya Lee.
1: Okay. Let, a, let's, a, let's, a really- let's 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 talk about this. Okay. Dakota Kai is coming back. Where do you think she's going to be slotted?
2: I think the Yeah, middle. I think they'll, they'll try and have her like as a, a kind of a mid card baby face in that division. Like she'll she'll beat like your Aaliyahs and Vanessa Bournes, but then she'll lose to your Bianca Belairs and your uh, Shayna Baszlers.
0: Now. And if she catches fire, she'll eventually get a title
1: shot. Okay. So I can see that. Um so after I'm sorry, uh before she got hurt during the war games um match, she when they were going to cheat uh, the second time before they started all this stuff with all the fucking cheating with the, with the horsewomen the second time they did this uh, was War Games and uh, the horsewoman come out uh, EO makes a save for uh, for Kyrie the third person that helped was Dakota after that went away they kind of put Candice in that spot and okay uh, well, this is about to get a title shot, so it's like, it's it, it, for me. It's funny that like Candice LeRae got the spot that Dakota Kai was going, may have possibly was set up to get, and it's like, damn, like they really had no plans for Candice Ray at all. Like she was, she could have been Diana Parazzo in the back. She could have been Chelsea Green in the back. She could yeah. have been Rachel Evers in the back. Like damn, um, <laughs> but. You know, uh, I think she'll get a shot. Like, people remember her last year when she was out here getting her ass whooped by anybody with any credibility. So, I mean, fresh start. I mean, I don't know. where do you, Who where, who do you put her in there with? Did she just squash somebody on her first next week? You think she squashed somebody? You think she has yeah, better a better match?
2: Yeah, I, I would put her in there with, you know, maybe, you know, like a Vanessa Bourne or Aaliyah, somebody oh that, I, I know it's not going to be a great match, but somebody that she can beat, I um, think, and keep the match real short, have Dakota kind of hit all her kicks and kind of get her signature moves over in and out, you know, three minutes, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And then have um, Dakota Kai
0: go over. And, oh. and have uh, Io Shirai come out there and jump her and hit the moonsault.
1: <sighs> I mean, the, I don't know if they wrestled each other when she did her tours of stardom. Uh when she, Dakota Kai did her tour as a start, but I don't know. Um, I have, I'd have to look that up, but yeah. So, I mean, we could talk about Ziya Lee and, and Aaliyah. I mean, they're super botch. Like the Zaya was Zaya. Remember how we talked about, like when she had the match with me, you we were like, just do kicks. Like when you had the, the Mayon classic match with, um, Mercedes Martinez, uh, in 2017, or when you had the, the match with Karen Q, uh, last year at the Mae Young classic, you're a striker, you're a martial artist, focus on what you do well and bring that to the table for your wrestling. She did that until she was on the second rope. She tried to do, she tried to jump from the ropes on the second rope to the top. She damn near broke her fucking neck. Um, and then she continued her match and that was it. But she was compressed with her kicks and all that stuff. And then she tried to... She tried to get out of pocket, and she almost paid for it dearly.
2: Yeah, she, she was trying to um, be a rich, ladder pro wrestler, and, <laughs> and it, it didn't quite work out for her. Uh, cause, I mean, the, the match started off, and she was looking really great with the strikes, and she went for that springboard, and yeah, botch-a-mania. Uh, she tried to recover, um, but yeah, the, the botch totally took the momentum out of the match, and uh, it could have been a good little spotlight for her if she didn't do that, uh, that, have that
0: botch. To quote Ti, she lucky to be alive. I hope they don't give up on her because I think she has something.
1: I do too, and uh, yeah, namely that's yeah. athleticism and striking, which is like that's there's no like who is the female striker in um in in WWE?
2: They really don't have one.
1: Yeah, like they have martial artists, they have MA people, but like they don't have a striker. Like there is no um there is no Aleister Black type in uh in the women's division.
2: Um, yeah. yeah so. Yeah, so then um, after that, that's when we have um, Denzel, who's a developmental guy, kind of come out. DeFornet. De- yeah. <laughs>
1: DeJornet. I'm sorry, he's DeJornet, yes. Boy, that's not like a football name. <laughs> oh, because it sounds like Leonard Fournette, yeah.
2: So, yeah, he comes out, and he, um, he's getting, He's supposed to face Kushida, but then uh, oh. Barthel, Wolf, and Eichner jump out the crowd and uh, jump him in the jump zone. Oh, that and, was uh, they, yeah. They hit him with the uh, that European uh, uppercut par combo. crowds chanting for Walter. Hit the music. Walter comes out. And all the, the crowd Imperium loses is their mind. Yes, crowds chanting. We want Walter the whole time, and then finally he comes out. Yes. Um, the music hits a big pop. Um, Imperium's there. Um, cutting their <laughs> same promos. I've been mean, cutting an NXT UK how the the mat is sacred and they're here to restore honor.
1: I'm I'm sitting here over laughing because I just thought like this is just like if the Temptations came out and they're like yeah Otis is cool but where's David Ruffin like yeah <laughs> like where 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 is he at so he comes out the crowd loses her mind and as you said like they set the program where uh, Kashida basically clears those four out and he and in the process also embarrasses Walter and draws desire so like they're gonna have a match I don't know where I don't know when but I will be tuning in to see it.
2: Yeah, you sign yeah, me up.
1: Rich. Yeah, maybe yeah, maybe I'll... Walters figured out. Was like, look, I'm a gigantic guy. I could wrestle DiJack. I could wrestle uh, Lee. I could wrestle Damian Priest. I could wrestle uh, what's your boy's name? Oh uh, no, I could wrestle Killian Dane. Nah, little dudes. I'm gonna fight and whoop little dudes. <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, so, I, I'm yeah I'm super excited for uh, Kushido versus Walter, and I'm not sure if they've ever wrestled each other before. Um, so it should be a really intriguing matchup, and I'm I'm glad that kashida finally has a program.
1: Yeah, if they did, it would probably have been something like, um, like the what culture tournaments. Like that might be right, the only yeah. thing I can think of that they where they actually had a. You know, same place, same time, tournament format, or situation where they what could have came across past. Yeah, uh, and
2: maybe uh, potentially Rev Pro too, because the uh, you know yeah. New Japan guys go over Rev Pro also.
1: Yeah, I totally forgot about Rev Pro. Uh, yeah, so I think after that, maybe there was another video package, but um, was another video yeah, package? They so, go straight to Leo. You
2: no, know, they came back and yeah, went to Leo Rush versus Oni Lorkin for the number one contendership for the cruiserweight title. Uh Leo came out, got a huge pop, welcome back chance. Crowd was super into Leo Rush, and him and Oni had a hell of a match, and Leo just proving why he's one of the best wrestlers in the world and why he deserves to be in the ring, not at Bobby Lashley's side, not backstage, uh not putting out music videos, but in the ring wrestling.
1: So I saw um I saw this video of him. It was almost like a on the trail of the Indies document thing on YouTube where they're following different guys around and they're following him around. And they're talking about like his beginnings and how he was a state champ in high school for wrestling, had his weight class, and um, all he ever really wanted to do was wrestle. And now he has a kid, so he, like he's doing this evolved stuff and or and all these other like, you know, WWE type stuff to, you know, to make a living to support his family. And you think like you really want to root for this dude. And then, like, he comes on WWE, for what I've seen, and he's just, you know, he's also, like, a top heel. <laughs> right? right? So, it's oh. like, they go either way with him. I noticed on... I brought this up to mention, like, I noticed on commentary that they talked about Morrow and Nigel, specifically, they talked about how his life was almost not in shambles, but that's not the word they use. It was something less harsh than that, but like, they were like, he's kind of been going through it in life and he's kind of getting on back on, on, uh, on track. So they're like doing the redemption angle with him. Right. Um, and they talked about like, he spent time away and he's doing rap videos, whatever else. And he they didn't, they didn't make, I don't think the intention was to make rap out, like making rap videos, like the worst thing in the world. But like, it comes off like, Oh man, like, you know, how me and Rich, me and Richie's talk about this. Like, you you meet somebody you used to go to high school with, and you would be like, "So what you doing?" He's like, "I'm running a record, uh, a rap label," and I was like, "You may as well be telling me you selling crack." So, <laughs> so, so, uh, it, it kind of it, it. Maybe that's just my my perception of it, but like, I didn't feel that's how they were intended to sound like. But to me, it sounded like, "So what you been doing?" Oh shit! He's like Enzo. He went out there and made a fucking rap record. So, um. Anyway, like they talked about how he's trying
0: to get on. <laughs> like they shot the
1: redemption, angle.
0: Awkward. I'm sorry. I was gonna say, speaking as a rapper, like you know, when you tell someone you rap for the first time, it always is kind of awkward because I think you immediately think that oh they think that you suck. Yes, that, like oh you 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 must suck. Yes. Like at rapping, and it's like no, I I don't like actually. <laughs>
2: Right, just, just haven't gotten the, the break yet.
0: Right, you know, so yeah, that's that. There's always that awkward exchange. Yeah,
1: and all of a sudden you hand somebody a CD, and you're like, "Fuck!" They just handed me a CD. All right, I'm all right, all right, all right. Yeah, I remember. I remember 2003. I I want to him to listen to it. I want to him to listen to it. You put that shit in.
0: You want to tell them about the bridge test, James? Sorry. You want to tell them about the bridge test?
1: The bridge test the bridge test was if you can play all- their shit while i'm skipping about like, going through the bridge
0: why it like it, if you if you can make it across the bridge like it but if if, if it's whack you got to throw it out while you the bridge.
1: <laughs> <laughs> see i had never heard of that that's what she oh, y'all okay. made up um okay. yeah, i yeah but anyway like moral store or just sum it up because we i'm super long-winded but they shot an angle where they were trying to portray it like, he's on the road to redemption, and I thought it was a cool angle, as opposed to that, they bring him back as, uh, oh, yeah, I never left, well, they probably didn't want to do this, but, like, oh, yeah, like, I left, because I, you know, I'm, you know, big money and all of this shit, is like, nah, they decided, especially, you know, towards the end, when they were doing some stuff with him, like, he did flash, like, he, they were going to try to turn him babyface one time, and Lash is going to just destroy him, but, it, it, it's cool to see him as babyface, because I think, you, it's, he's he's kind of easy to get behind because he's so spectacular.
2: Right, he's so spectacular. He's smaller than the other guys, so you right. kind of have that underdog storyline. I mean, he's even smaller than all the two hundred five guys, and then, like you mentioned, he's so great, he's so dynamic. He has a lot of really cool moves. It's really easy to get behind yeah.
1: him, and he's a great talker. I think the thing that I think the thing that for me that stuck out to me the reason why I want to go down the redemption path because you can still play on the underdog stuff without saying like oh he's you know he's overachiever and scrappy and other shit it's like that there's every fucking babyface in WWE is an underdog let's not do that let's do the he's getting his life on track so that's why I'm gonna get behind him not because you know he's he's mediocre just like me so <laughs> that, that's that's why I kind of and also you can't do that with Leo Rush he's so spectacular you can't do that he's not re- right. like nah also uh, yes that too uh so, yeah you know uh you okay. relate to him. like who like bes- besides jyd who's like the baby who's the black baby face in in north american history they just people just love and say they identify with and you know they put they will put their hands on the screen if they ask them to who's who's that besides jyd
0: i'd have to think about that yeah you yeah. see what i'm saying
1: like so yeah like you're right. I, I didn't want to mention it, but like now that you mentioned like may as well not pull the punch. Yeah, you're right about that. So, uh, I mean, you could always just stop hating black people. There's also another thing about that. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, yeah um, maybe,
0: so Booger think, maybe, <laughs> maybe Booger T, but I don't know. I think, yeah. well, he, he, he kind of like more the awesome factor. Like, oh, he's awesome. And also funny. Yeah. 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 Well, Booker had them raising the roof, man. <laughs> yeah. Raising the roof. Yeah. <laughs>
2: but uh yeah leo uh wins the match here with the frog splash and so leo rush is now the number one contender for drew gulag's cruiserweight away title not sure if that's going to happen on 205 or it will happen in the future on nxt (laughs)
1: that's gonna that's gonna happen on hour two on one of these nxt shows to compete like okay only one of those what's going to be around longer ring of honor or 205 live
0: uh I, i'm gonna say ring of honor same here uh i i, I think all these signs are there they're about to start like making a big gumbo pot of uh nxt uk and 205 live and then you know taking people out to like you know using in matches on for time on that show and you know, that's how worlds collide is gonna like essentially get built you know you know what nxt is about to be it's about to be the super dream match. Fed.
1: It's about to be the network. <laughs> like is. You're not. You're not watching NXT anymore. Don't be fooled. You are about to be watching the network. And look, good for them because we had to watch, or me and Jeremy um, and Rich, occasionally we had to watch every single week after uh, after New York and no Kyrie, sane, no Ricochet, no Alistair Black, no Champa. You know, uh, no war raiders, no um, or from time to time, occasionally uh, street profits would be in and out like they gutted that. And then you throw in, you know, EC3, Lacey Evans, Nikki Cross, uh, Heavy Machinery, like
0: it's like all network hands on deck. Sorry, it's like all network hands on deck.
1: Yes. Like they gutted that NXT roster and then like basically ran through two takeover cycles. As is, and you know, for one cycle they got it to hold together because they were, um, they were able to tease uh, the decision of whether or not uh, um, the undisputed era was going to break up because Johnny Gargano was playing mind games with them. But outside of that, like after they got past twenty five, and they didn't have anything. They they really did not have anything, um, especially with like you know, jack out, so they couldn't do the lead stuff. Like now it's like, it seems like they're back in the form. It's almost like stardom when they finally got back, like, Mayu, um, Utami, and Okazumi all, like, in one weekend. It's like, we're finally back to where we were. Like, we re- reformed, we're we back to the level. So, and we might actually be better now. I mean, geez, that Imperium? Like, so that means you just imagine, like, oh, that's also Mustache Mountain. Like, <laughs> like right. they're gonna be out here killing it. All, like, <sighs> I, I don't know how after I don't know how anyone watches Mondays and Fridays. I mean I mean I, Friday, that
0: I think, I, I think I, people aren't talking about like they're like the day of Wednesday is going to expose Friday and Monday so badly. Yes, uh, yes. on both shows. Yeah. Like yes.
1: <laughs> I mean, it, and for someone that's watched NXT or follow NXT or or has a love for NXT, I think the the dream has always been like. If they ever got on network and you could see all the good wrestling and you could see all of the storylines that reward what you watched previously and doesn't just, they just do some shit and then move on and you're just like, what the fuck? I just wasted my time. You felt like it's a smaller show, it's a smaller venue, whatever else, but it's a hotter crowd, better reactions, more knowledgeable crowd, and better matches. I felt like, you know, eventually, like they could come, they could draw a rating i never thought i mean i don't know about them getting two million viewers and shit like that i'm not going that far but like i always felt they could draw a rating uh, to where they can make some money off of nxt and then stop acting like it's developmental and what do you know that's first episode 1.1 million viewers
2: yeah i mean (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh yeah, so I mean, I, I guess we talked about this main event: Killian Dane and, and Matt Riddle in a no D, in a street fight. They brawl. Uh, this is two back and forth with Killian Dane going back and forth with, with with Riddle. They end up brawling outside. Then all of a sudden, you see like some of the people that were on the card earlier, like Sha Maluta, and uh, and all of a sudden you see Emporium. All of a sudden, Walter says, "I want to pee. You know what? You are coming by my table that I'm sitting at, which." two randos you know i want some of matt riddle they start fighting all of a sudden they start fighting up on a truck out of nowhere the street profits come out of nowhere to add to the fight then all of a sudden like it it turned into like one of those go home shows on um on raw before the Royal rumble is like well we don't think you 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 remember what a Royal rumble was like so let's have like 40 (laughs) geeks get in the ring and in the ring and except they just brought around ringside like you know, that's, that's, and, they, and everybody basically like, uh, the show ended with everybody just laid out on the floor, except for like, uh, Pete Dunn, who was whooping someone's ass when it went black.
2: Right. Yeah. Uh, Killian Dane did like a big dive onto everybody. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was a crazy brawl. I thought it was a great way to kind of end the show Ended it in chaos and kind of leave you, um, wanting to see the finish between Riddle and Dane.
1: Do you really want to see that finish or do you think like they just, you know, I mean, I don't know. I.
2: I mean, I. I want to. I want to see Riddle put his knee through the dome.
1: Oh well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Cause like, this is. I, I don't get it. Like, this is more. This is as confusing as the as the push on the main roster. It's like, what? He, but we've seen him here before, and he was at a certain level. You're putting up against the dude that could be the top guy, and this. I don't. Okay. Do what you want. Do what you want. Yeah. yeah so but, I mean that's to see what do you what do you guys think uh is this something that you think is sustainable or do you think like they're gonna you know kind of you know make changes or make huge changes after a w starts running
0: I don't think we'll know until October honestly
2: right I, I mean I mean history will tell us you know if WWE lose their rating war they're going to make changes to win that rating award and you know you have Triple H out here on press calls saying oh you know Vince is not going to be involved, Vince is hands off this is my project, Um, it's going to be the same NXT that you love and know and that's all good and sweet but once (laughs) AEW starts beating NXT every week in the ratings there's no way that Vincent K McMahon is going to leave NXT losing the ratings, he's going to try and come down there and get his hand on these things. Now, if they have a pretty even rating war, we, we may not see too much changes. Or if they're if they're winning the ratings, we probably won't see too much changes. Yeah,
1: I mean, I, I mean, they've been yeah. talking about that about like Vince is too um, volatile for him to just sit on his hands if he's out here losing a ratings war with developmental against the number two uh, wrestling company or the number three wrestling company in the world. I, I I'm just I'm willing to wait and see what they do. I'm not I'm not in the camp of thinking like that's immediately what he'll do. Um, especially after because I thought like you know episode one there'd be gigantic changes and like this looked like NXT like at its best yeah. and I, the NXT I fell in love with like after uh Brooklyn Four last year so. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sold for now. Like, I have to see yeah. something that change drastically over the next, you know, few weeks or months or whatever else or down the line until I say that, like, oh, yeah, this definitely has been, like, you know, <laughs> hit with a lethal uh, dose of poison or injected right. with a lethal dose of poison. Uh,
2: yeah, you know, you, you, uh, you mentioned the rating earlier and also some other interesting facts. So, you know, that was, they were fourth in the demo, in the key demo, which is 18 to 49 and uh, NXT did more than two-thirds of raw hour three and SmackDown's demo ratings this week. And mm. it was also more than half of the raw hour one and hour two demo ratings. So the eighteen to forty nine demos of the people that, that they want to watch on SmackDown are more of them are watching NXT.
1: Hmm. And you wonder why it ended up on USA Network or ended up on cable right now, two weeks ahead of uh, October second, they knew what right. they were
2: doing. They right. they were doing
1: and good for them because I that's do the, the, same thing.
2: Demo, that's the same demo. It's the same demo that I'm sure AEW is going to be targeting. That's, ex- so that's ex-
1: exactly right, and they know those numbers, and they're like, "Well, Ryan doing it, or we're actually, we're tied into these dates. Um, they're gonna, you know, so we'll just use the thing that can actually compete against those same for the same customers or the same marketplace." And they're in there now. Um, it's gonna be fun. Like, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be hilarious when like AEW versus NXT is what actually starts the fucking wrestling boom. Not not the main <laughs> right roster. that's gonna be hilarious. <laughs>
0: yeah. I the backbending is gonna be fucking amazing.
1: Nothing, so, and so I, I mean have, I... nothing, would make me happier if that actually happened. All of a sudden, like their AEW. In NXT on Wednesday nights, are out here doing like two million a piece, and like all of a sudden, there's a young uh, WWE fan base to speak of, and it's because of competent the re- that's t- that's competent, competent top notch wrestling. True. I would love it. Sorry. Like
0: the, the type of wrestling that we said would work for years if you yes. put it on a fucking national platform. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. So, I, I have a question. So, are um, Fed Defense Squatters going to be mad? When NXT um, is more popular and doing better ratings than Raw and SmackDown,
1: that's a long way down the line. That's like, I mean, that's that's like a two to five year thing if that ever
0: happens. So,
2: well, okay. Well, as far as buzz wise, let's say, are, are they going to be mad I'm, that
0: they already mad now? <laughs> They've been at NAC forever. Yeah, like, like- I, I saw one of them trying to get on more Ronaldo, you know one of the worst accounts on Twitter, which I won't name no. um so you know like they were sending these snipes out they they they're not happy that they have to uh that they have to cheer uh for for <laughs> you know NXT to do this well because it's like it's gonna be a lot of pretending going on if yeah. you know what i mean. we, yeah.
2: we always love n x t you know we so we're so glad to see them doing good. Yeah. <laughs> It, uh,
0: yeah, i mean
1: yeah
2: so and um and shout out to uh maro for calling one of roddy's knees a v-trigger that popped me <laughs>
1: <laughs> no did you check out at the beginning of the show when like he said pro wrestling and i was like i like that <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> let, let, him know, let him know triple h let him know some of these niggas triple h <laughs> talk your shit triple h i want nothing more than the, the triple h's triple h's professional wrestling to kick the fuck out of ms sports entertainment too I, I would love nothing more like it's not that fucking hard it's really not like it is as far as you got to do the work obviously and it's a huge operation on that stuff but like as far as we have people that we think um, that the crowd would like. Let's present them in a way that we can get the crowd to emotionally respond to them in a way that is productive. Like, they just have totally lost sight of that. And it's just like, it's not that hard. I watch it everywhere else in the world except for here. Right. I even watch it on your network. It's it's just so weird to me. But, you know, enough of that. Uh, I guess now it's time to um, go ahead, Rich. Say the words since you're going to move on to stardom.
0: Hit the music!
1: (laughs) Yes, it is finally time for us to review... The last few shows we missed of the five-star Grand Prix has been going on for all throughout this entire last month. Uh, I think the last shows we missed, left off on, Rich, were the August 25th shows. That's Ooh. right before we had the huge internet stuff going on. Or not the internet stuff, but like the stuff going on inside of stardom with people possibly getting fired or boxed out and then brought back because of uh, uh, Western um, complaints. So now we have been getting these uploads hot and in a hurry and fast. And we are, um, now, um, the last few shows, the last shows before the quirk and the final have already been, um, have already been done. Those shows are done. And now they're putting up, uh, the last two shows as we speak. So in the next couple of days, we'll have the last, uh, we'll have the last show before this cork, And that's on, I th- think Saturday or Sunday, but, uh, lot of good wrestling um i mean I, I have the leaderboard right here from where the last shows are from the network update so uh do you want to know the leaderboard rich yes okay uh right now in the red block that's the block that has hannah and momo and tam and mayu and azumi uh the leader on the board right now uh, is Hazuki at eight points and also tied with Momo. Uh, they're all they're four and two right now. So uh, people also on play and still eligible at this point are Hannah, Mayu, um, and Azumi. Uh, and Mayu actually has eight points now, but she has one more loss, so we'll see how that goes to the final. Um, the last core can show for the last core can match for uh, Mayu's against Momo. Uh, Jeremy, since we're talking about the Red Blocks, what have been some of the matches that you've seen so far that have kind of that have impressed you so far in this tournament?
2: Yeah, so you know, starting from the tournament, um, you know, starting the opening day, I really enjoyed um, Hazuki versus Momo. Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, overall, you know, since we started watching Stardom and you know we went to the New York show, um, I've really become a big fan of Momo Watanabe. And I think he's been really impressive in the tournament. In that opening match, that opening day match with Azuki was really good. And Azuki's another one that's super talented that we saw in New York. Also on 8 17, uh, Konami versus Kagetsu uh, was another uh, great main event um, that they had. Um, then on August 18th, um, Mayu versus Azumi, uh, Tam versus Azuki, and Utami versus Orissa uh, were all excellent matches. From the 825 day show, I really enjoyed um, Azumi versus Azuki. And then from the 825 night show, uh, Tam versus Azumi, Natsu versus Mayu, and Konami versus Utami were uh, kind of my highlight matches. And then um, before we were recording, uh, we watched um, some of the matches. I believe it was from uh nine some of them were from different
1: shows some of them, like I think they were spread across two or three different shows yeah like, so, those are the uh, ones but, that I saw and I gave high ratings to so I just say go look at those
2: yeah before we recorded I watched Azumi and Momo, Mayu and Tam and uh, Jungle and Kagetsu I didn't get to uh, Hazuki and Mayu
1: okay so out of those three matches which do you think which match did you think was the best
2: I don't know, I, was, I really enjoyed uh, Momo and Azumi uh, I just really enjoy the enjoy the story of the match. you know both of them are in Queen's Quest, and Azumi is kind of like the young girl in that faction right now. Momo is the leader and it was just kind of this moment of like azumi kind of wanted to prove that she can be on Momo's level and uh Momo I feel like kind of like she felt disrespected and she was just kicking the crap out of Azumi throughout the whole match and it was it's kind of this upward battle for Azumi to try and come back and uh beat uh Momo and they had a lot of great near falls in the match. Um, there was a, to the very end where Momo, I don't know what she calls it, but she hits with like the, uh, the Trent Beretta dude buster, and you think that's it. And I then Azumi so rolls her up, and then he's like, oh, my gosh, is you going to get her? And she kicks out, and then she finally locks on to submission. And I was like, man, I was so you know, entrenched in those last uh, few minutes of that match.
0: Mm-hmm. Azumi started the match and she was like a scoundrel and then um, you know with the, with the with the fake handshakes and the and the quit she was all over and Momo did not appreciate any of that. You may have heard of Team KICK, this was Team KICK the shit out of you. Like Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like
1: I they beat the fuck out of each other. And it is really like there's a point where Azumi gets gets the advantage, and then she decides to do her her normal top rope double foot stomp. And in Stardom, most of the women that do the double foot stomp, they literally like whether it's um whether it's Mayu or it's Saki or it's Azumi, they all basically they don't do the the fall backwards on your ass and like you know hurt your tailbone over and over again deal that Finn Balor does. They they definitely. Uh, they mostly do the, you know, we're basically overshoot our target and like basically slide our feet and mostly land on our knees um, on the other side of the opponent. Not in this match, Azumi basically did like the Io Shirai, Natsuki Tayo, 2014, like dangerous beat the hell you stardom stuff where I'm just going to jump off the top rope and land with all of my weight right on your gut, Momo. And I'm going to do it again. I did it twice, and I was just like, "Yo, they're out here!" Like, and you know, we, we talked about this with other people that that they have have their fake concerns about uh, when I talk about how great uh, Starlight or Zoomy is that they have these women that are high school age that are wrestling, or just not well, not that they're women, is that they're teenagers are wrestling, and I'm thinking like, "Well, didn't didn't you play football? You know that sort of thing." So. Mm-hmm. And I and I always normally encourage them I always say to them to kind of assuage their feelings is like the only people that are really wrestling matches that are minors are Azumi and uh, Starlight Kid. The rest of the girls are like eighth graders or younger. So like they're only doing like the most basic of basic stuff. They're they are the young lions. Um so and, and, and that has been able to ring true through, I mean, I've been watching Stardom religiously since, um, or I've been I've had a script since January, but I've been watching religiously every single show since the Cinderella tournament. Or actually, no, I'll say this, since the Stardom draft. And Azumi's never took this out of punishment, never take that kind of damage, and she never doled it out in that way either. And, till tonight, and I feel like I don't know if this is a new thing saying that like she's graduated to ass kicker status and ass kicked status, but like I I was kind of like blown away that like the the brutality in that match and um I don't mean brutality like this was some, you know, they did a bunch of spots that were super duper redang or dangerous or ridiculous. Like this was not night night uh night to an by any means. But um they actually stepped up to the plate and had a match that would like if you took Azumi or Momo out of it being nineteen and sixteen years old, like this could have fit with any of those, uh, like, Kairi Sane, uh, Io Shirai, Mai Watani matches where they were beating the piss at each other, um, except there weren't le- there were there weren't any head drops or neck drops. But outside of that, like, that kind of matches up.
2: Yeah, I mean, I thought this was a really to- uh, well-told story here, and I thought this match, like you kind of said, this match kind of established Izumi, as a legitimate competitor and as a threat to anyone on the roster, yeah. after kind of going toe to toe with Momo. And, you know, Azumi wasn't even supposed to be in this tournament. Right. And she, to me, has been the MVP of the tournament. She's been I think having, so. well, at least one of them. As far as all the matches I've seen, she's had so many great matches with everybody. Every match I've seen from Azumi are probably rate three and a half or higher. She's yeah. been having yeah. some excellent High speed matches with everybody, and I feel like she's almost in a Lance Archer type of role, where it's like <laughs> somebody who's who's not normally in the tournament is there, and they're having all these great matches and taking full advantage of the opportunity they're getting and it's getting over.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely. I, she was in the running. It, it's it's weird because now that um, Utami and, and uh, Jungle are both going down, and they had like these monster matches, um, like. It also helps that, uh, Azumi is doing the high speed stuff more than anything else. And that's like, you know, that keeps, it's it's an awesome change of pace and picking up the pace. But like, I mean, there were, there are a few people like, it's not settled yet on who the MVP was, but like people in the running off the top of my head thinking about it was like Momo got herself into running with the Tam match in the, um, in the Azumi match, uh, you, you had uh, Konami starting out hot early. Utami started out hot early. Jungles I had back-to-back bangers with um, B and with Kagetsu. I mean, Kagetsu, the Kagetsu jungle match, if you told me that was match of the tournament, I wouldn't disagree with you. Like, I think, especially if you think of, uh, especially if you're someone has watched, watched all these shows throughout this year and seen, like, the long-form storytelling that's inside of, like, that jungle Getsu match from that kuriken hall title red bell shot that she had in um january or um even the tam stuff like tam stuff has been almost nothing but like story stuff whether it's her getting uh getting peach back from natsu after beating her or it's her in a, ma- in a in a great match with Mayu where they're beating the hell out of each other, or it's her finally you know after getting losing the white belt match in the January uh, Korokin match and then losing the white belt match to Arisa like beating Momo like that was like there's been a lot of stuff for that as well so um but you know I feel I feel really bad because like Utami I thought I really enjoyed her her, her her tournament so far in jungle and like they're gone like jungle still had the match with konami and that was gonna that might have been the that could have been the best match koreken hall and up a smoke and who knows when she's back because she dislocated her shoulder and shoulders are always tricky uh,
0: um but yeah i'm trying to um uh we haven't talked about them yet but i watched the orissa and b match and i was let down
1: oh what do you think happened um, I think from what I remember that match, did she work off her knee?
0: I believe so.
1: Yeah. Um. I, let me look back at the rating I gave that. That was,
0: well, was. What night was that on? on. Was like, what like, that's a match. I, what night was that on again?
1: That was on the. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. That was on the the September seventh show, the sixth show.
2: Gotcha. I haven't seen that show, all the full that full show yet.
1: Yeah. Um. The problem with that. Okay. Here's a problem with that show for me. Right. That show has Momo versus Azumi. <clears throat> then right before it, it has Mayu versus Tam, and Mayu and Tam had a Mayu and Tam match that you would expect from them, and then you th- say, "All right, after those two matches, go out there, uh, Arisa, and be good luck." <laughs> uh. I. I. Um. I thought it was a good match. It's just, it just it just didn't it couldn't compete with the top matches on that card. Um, but I mean, if you're saying that if someone didn't see those other matches, did you see did you see that match before the? Uh... I didn't. Okay, so maybe maybe I mean maybe I was capping when I gave it a rating. I gave it a three and I think three and three quarters, thinking like maybe I'm just worn out because I, I watch these shows back to back to back to back to back. Um, so maybe it was actually just probably like a three and three quarters. Or three and one quarter and that's really all it was to it. Um, yeah, like Arissa's been hit and miss. Like the Tommy match off Rip was a great match. Um, I think I gave that four flat. Um, she was gonna ha- she was set up to have a great match against um against Jungle in the, um, on one of these shows that aren't up yet, but Jungle got hurt. Uh I I think she's been solid, but outside of really the um outside of really new Tommy match, she's just been fairly like what she kind of is when she's not in a white belt match with like, uh, you know, Tam or, uh, Momo or, Hazuki uh, or jungle. Like that's kind of what she is. She's an app. Av- she's a pretty good wrestler or she's an average wrestler. That's still green. And, um, and also is hot and cold when she sells because like she i don't know i don't know why she's hot and cold when she sells like when she's on a hold she's screaming bloody murder and it's great and then like she'll get right up and just start throwing kicks whatever lady got worked over and i it's just grind it's just like oh i hate that um and runs and jumps and, and lands and falls and all that stuff uh so uh i'm trying to think what other matches are should we highlight um, Mayu, I think Mayu has, is also in the running as someone that is, that could win MVP. And she's actually coming on, like having one of those night toe runs where it's like, she's kind of ho-hum and average or, or not average, but like she was good. But the, with the Tam match just recently, the match with, uh, that, that was on the main event of the night show in, on the 14th with, uh, uh, with, Hannah, that's the best match I think Hannah's ever had. I think it's a four star match. Like that, you have her match with
2: uh uh the the match on the eighteenth with Azumi. Yep, I you thought have it was that, really even good. though it's
1: quick, even though it's quick, you have that, you have the Tam match. Like she in the in the MOMO matches on deck, like she has a great case to like come on and just steal it at the end. It's like, oh, so like the best wrestling company decided to show up at the end. All right. You just come in and swoop that MVP from everybody. <laughs> um so I I'm interested to see what they do with this last thing because it's coming down to the wire. I mean we we talked about the red block, but you look at the blue block and uh, this Jamie push is
2: wild. Um Yeah, yeah, what what's what's going on with that?
1: <sighs> okay, so Jamie's on a six month tour. Um She's in the middle of a six month tour, so like I think she started in uh, July, and then she'll just take it out throughout the rest of 2019. Um, she was in the five star last year. Um, she had a tour at the beginning of this year, and she we saw her in New York, right? Um, there's somebody I really like. She's also has a connection with Pro Wrestling Eve. Um, she's their international champion. Um, she actually took the or she didn't take the book off of Utami, but like during the three way match at. Russell King Wrestle Kingdom 2 and she uh won the match but while not pinning or submitting Utami. Uh this is three-way match. So I think they're really trying to push her as another gaijin to get ready. Uh and typically speaking like you stardom has a has a track record of we bring in a gaijin, we push them to a certain level, they give them one or two title shots, they lose and they take their ass on. Except for like the the the, the exceptions like uh, said Tana Garrett or a uh, well Tony Storm because Mayu her elbow in that uh title match, so they just had to award a belt to her. But um, I think they're setting her up for, you know, she uh, cause she beat Arissa. so we, we talked about this before we even got into uh, into this tournament was that like Arisa needs t- turn or. Opponent set up like well Konami beating her that was one that was obvious choice even before that match you have that there um Utami beat her on the opening night so you have that that's right there even though Tommy won't be back until November uh with Arissa. I'm sorry with uh Jamie there that's another one so like you might be able to fill out the rest of the year with for rematches or uh championship matches for uh for Arissa and great because like Jamie's good um, is she great? No, I wouldn't go there, but she's good. And, uh, she's also very charismatic and a great promo. Like, she is one of the better, uh, promos, in, like, that's on the, I guess, off the radar. Like, she, like, <laughs> she was a fighting, um, I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been, I can't remember. It was somebody that was on, um, someone signed NXT UK on Russell Queendom, uh, as a third person. And she fucking buried this woman because like, she hesitated for a split second and she just cut her off on the mic and said something along the lines of oh, so you get the WWE and you just really basically like, oh, you're signed W you know, where you know how to fucking cut a promo. And like just buried her in Queen. I'm <laughs> like, yo, that's fucking wild. And then like you'll see her, you know, she's super charismatic. She, like, she comes off the chart. So like I see why they like her so much in stardom. So I, I can see the push happening, but... And also, you throw in the fact that like B had to take some L's in this tournament. Um, like right now, I think
0: she's uh, six points. She's three and three. Oh, that feels like so, I'm all the way out of the territory, so <laughs> almost to uh, but, you know, put in that B spot eventually. Right.
1: But you look at how it's set up right now, and because Jamie has ten points in the lead in the red in the blue block, it seems like when they get to Corakin, she fights B, and then B will uh probably be out of the tournament or run by that point in time or or whatever else and all she does is she just gets to eight points by or possibly gets to 10 in the tiebreaker whatever else by beating uh jamie on the block final she beats the leader and basically catches up and has a tiebreaker over her like i could see that happening um and it gives you know that gives be a chance to have a really good match with someone that speaks her own language so they can actually communicate very well as opposed to just, okay. And I think there's a lot of issues why, like, be, like, a, since, really, that, um, that match with Kagetsu like, hasn't really had, like, a flat... Well, I say, take it back, since the Konami match is really the only match where she had a flat-out banger of a, of a match on Stardom. And, like, her matches are normally really good, like, the three and a half to three in three quarters. But it hasn't been, like, you know... Like Arisa, it hasn't been like yeah. it ha- no. She is definitely the secondary champion as far as like match quality, absolutely. Um, so aside from that, um, with, with I mean, right now the Blue Stars with Jamie intent with ten points, uh, she has a le- she has two point lead over Konami at eight points, but also beat um, Konami, so she's kind of out of it. In uh, I mean, she might have got her match, ca- or she got her match canceled uh, on the last night, so you don't, even get to, you don't even get to see her. So I don't think they're going to let her just backdoor into winning that one, um, or winning that block. Uh, Kagetsu, Kagetsu still alive, um, and Arisa still has a shot because Arisa uh, she has to be she has to go through Kagetsu in the final night, and that's the biggest match of the blue of the blue block. Um, on the final night, so you know that somehow is gonna come into play between Kagetsu and uh Arissa. So right so basically Arissa, Kagetsu, Konami, and Jamie are the only people who are still alive. Um B is basically dead.
2: R.I.P. Have you, how you felt about B's performance in the tournament and just in stardom in general. I'll kind of hear a lot of criticism about B and F. it's almost kind of like with Kenny Omega there was a lot of kind of like they don't
1: like the guy elite. just they don't like the guy just yeah 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 the westerners don't like the guy just and stardom and I kind of get it but like I'm not tripping off that um yeah uh like she comes in she has good ma- she has really good matches that's really all I need out of you um, from a wrestling standpoint, so like I'm not I'm not tripping off the other uh, the, the the politics of trying to you know reach out to grab uh, Western fans or more Western fans by getting people that speak English like to, that Russell I I don't really care uh, I mean and also like there's so many there's so much talent is like all right all they're doing is adding more talent on top of talent is like I mean between you got to think like let's see Konami uh, Momo uh, it's like eight women that are like between twenty four and um, twenty four and eighteen right now that all can go out there and get four stars any given night nice if you give them ten minutes. So it's like I'm not really tripping off that and B's one of them. Uh, like Arisa's twenty three, Konami's twenty three, Hazuki's twenty two. Um, Hannah's not the person, not someone I put on the list, but Hannah's like 22, 21. I just saw her have a four star match with uh Mayu. Uh, Momo is nineteen uh let's see. Utami is like twenty, twenty one. I like, I'm not I'm not really tripping off. Hazuki is, you know, I think I've said a name before you get my point. Like they they're loaded with ta- with young talent, so it's like letting
0: them all just, you know, run them up, run wild. Um Everybody fights so who fight uh against each other and all y'all uh just do business.
1: Yeah. And then you also <laughs> like throw in, you know, we talk about Tam, we talk about Mayu, we talk about Kagetsu, um Talk about jungle, like, and those are the adults. It's like you think, like, wait to, or if we're lucky, like, we've, you know, a few, few years from now, they get more reps in. Like, imagine what they're gonna look like when they're adults. That's scary, really scary. Um, but yeah, like, as far as favorite match for me, um, I might have to go with Jungle versus Kugetsu. Like, I really enjoyed the fact that, like, Jungle finally got a win over, um, Kugetsu after all this, all the times, all the losing. Like, it's nice to see someone get a W. Like, it was really nice to see, um, I really enjoy watching the Tam versus, uh, Momo match because that's the, that long form story of all I've been through this year. And I finally, like, you know, and it, it goes back even more than this year because y'all might know this. Y'all might not know this, but stardom, um, they're Odeo Tai and Queen's Quest when they first started up in like 2017 or the end of at the end of 2007 I'm sorry in 2016 and then they finally had a feud with Odeo Tai in 2018 this is after Momo comes back from her knee being injured so um they screw over Momo in a match because you know Odeo Tai always cheats um and she was she blew her stack and said fuck this and it led to a five on five elimination match.
0: So so she did um Your boy superhuman.
1: Fuck this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So basically it leads to a curtain Hall show, or I believe it curtain Hall, maybe I shouldn't keep a camera, but like it's five on five elimination match. And it was Odeo Tai versus uh Queen's Quest. And at the time Player manager was Tam. Like they were using her as like a cute manager, and little did we know she turned to such a good wrestler. I guess so. Um, the last two, basically, the rules is the last person you pin or you pin people is like almost like a Survivor Series match. But the last person um, on your team that gets pinned uh, gets kicked has to leave their faction. So it comes down to Tam versus Momo. Momo beats Tam, Tam has to leave out of uh, Odeo Tai, um, she eventually, um, I'm sorry, Mayu reaches out to Tam, she basically comes second in command of S.T.A.R.S., S.T.A.R.S. becomes what they have been, and over the years, like, she never beat Tam, or sorry, she never, Tam never beat Momo, never beat Momo, and then she finally gets that win, and it's like, and she's also still in contention, and it's like, I like that appreciate that. That's good that's good storytelling. Not, you know, the other the other nonsense on the, across the pond on the biggest <laughs> wrestling company in the world. So um I, I'm throwing shots, unnecessary shots. Um but yeah, uh I can't wait till uh these next few shows come up because I mean you know some bangers. I can't wait to come up with a uh, come out with the list and finally I'm gonna try and do the grapple type thing where like I have my ratings and I'm gonna average them out. This what this person is by this person in this block and then I'm gonna do like what these opponents did and if they raised the level or brought down the level and I think it's gonna be interesting
0: you do like a little graphic for us so we can easily share that and, and uh, get some content rolling uh that we can send out from I, the account I,
1: I don't do computer yeah design sir
2: like, hit up, also uh,
1: like my hit up Ferg. okay and also it's like they're my ratings are so totally arbitrary <laughs> like as opposed to like grapple, which is like more of a, more of a, you know, Oh, like 250 people voted on this. Okay. As opposed to, Oh, this, this one guy came up with his ratings.
2: You need to, you need to to put a column together and, uh, so we can put it up on the site.
1: Oh God. (laughs) We should have thought about that ahead of time. Now it's the end of the thing. Um, yeah, I think, I think I'm done. Anything else to add about this, about the tournament?
2: Uh, I think it's
0: been who's really enjoyable. Win?
1: <laughs> Sorry,
0: who's gonna win?
1: I still, I still think it's gonna be Momo. Like I, I probably would have said uh, Utami until she got hurt, but you know it is what it is. So, um, I, I, my, I would still have my money on Momo. Um, I, yes. I could, after bow that, down say, to the queen. Yeah, and after that, after that, I could see probably Mayu. Those would be my two top picks for. Right now, like I don't really, I mean, because the two champions are in the blue block, so it's like I don't see either one of them advancing, right? So and I also don't see Jamie making it. So it's like, uh, it's, I mean, maybe they do Kagetsu, maybe like those be the top three picks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, but Kagetsu, like, so far this tournament has been like her biggest thing is like she's just catching like um. She's having great matches, but like she's she's putting people over.
2: Mm-hmm. For the most
1: part. Like, she's like, if you're somebody that needs to like, if you're open night she lost Konami in the main event. Um, I think she. Let's see. Um. Did to face Utami yet or no? No, 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 not yet. That oh, was supposed yeah, to happen. I heard about that. that was supposed to happen. On one of these show one of these late shows, super late shows before she got hurt. That's what happened, like the last show before the Corokin. So no, that didn't happen. Um, but like she also put over Jungle too. So it's like people that kind of like you know, it's almost like the Okada and in, in evil match. Was like yep, put them over. They need this. So um, I don't know if you can really if that's what your role is in a tournament. I don't know if I don't know really how well you're gonna be. I don't. I really don't see you making it and winning the block and then, you know, beating, uh, or or Mayu. So it is what it is. Um, yeah, ultimately, you know, if I had my, if I had my way, it'd probably be jungle versus Tam. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, um, I think I'll wrap it up for the show. Uh, Jeremy, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Do you want to give us your plugs?
2: Yeah. So you guys can follow, uh, me on Twitter at Jeremy L Donovan. You can follow my show at K I Strongstyle. Keeping Strong Styles right here on this same feed every Tuesday with the young boy Josh Smith and I covering New Japan Pro Wrestling. Getting ready. We got uh, Destruction in Kobe coming up this Sunday with uh, Shingo vs. Goto and the IC title with uh, Switchblade Jay White and Tetsuya Naito. So we'll be reviewing that and a new episode next Tuesday.
1: All right, Rich, anything you want to say? <sighs>
0: yeah Um, for this Wednesday night war just mess for everybody remember you're not in the business Um, (laughs) so there's no reason uh, to go out there and get yourself arguing on Twitter with people you never met over lunacy just just let them you know do, do their thing. Like, you know, all the shit they have with, with uh, Kenny and Dijakovich uh, today. Shit was funny. Enjoy it. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I just saw so many wet diapers today. It was just like, man, y'all trying to make this, like, not fun. Stop. So that's all.
1: Yeah. So basically, long story short, stop being busters. So that's the end of the show. Be sure to rate us on whatever app you're using to listen to this. Tell the folks about Social Suplex Podcast Network. Be sure to check out our friends at powerslam.tv, the sponsor for the show. If you're a fan of independent pro wrestling, they have over 5,000 hours of footage from all over the world. You can use the code SOCIALSUPLEX to get your free month's trial. Don't forget to visit prowrestlingteescom slash Suplex and pick up some Social Suplex merchandise. Be sure to check out other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. On Sundays, we have this show, typically, One Nation Radio. On Tuesdays, we have Keep It a Strong Style. On Wednesdays, we have the Rick and Clive Wrestling Podcast. Every other Wednesday, we have Grown Men Washes Shit. Uh, On Fridays, we have Get in the Ring. And on Saturdays, we have All Things Elite. I almost said uh, NXT Out Forever. Sorry. Thanks for listening. Later.